what the hell this is? A baby shower? It's a baby shower? I didn't know a baby shower was going on in Chicagoland. You know, we giving out gifts? Shoot, I should have showed up. I just think the statement of what it's going to do for both these guys going into offseason is going to be huge. It's not about the million dollars. It's not about this championship, but it is about the future. If I'm him and I realize that my math was off, five out of four people struggle with math, then I would say it was a gift because then I, I'd rather say I was giving it to him rather than being like I was wrong and I let him buy and my math was off. You know, I was struggling with math. What's up, guys? You know who it is. Your boy, JS7. And you know where we at. We at the Rewind Show, baby. Round 30 from Chicago. Chicago, round two of the playoffs. Only one more left after this. Double points. Last weekend, you know we had. We had Chase Sexton coming back here from the dead. Struggled during the outdoor season, but he came back with a vengeance when you threw the Supercross stuff on. With Jet Lawrence bounce back, you know, it was a weekend, 558 million days or 700, like Cole said, of since the last time they were on the podium. Would they rebound or would Danger Boy be dominant again? Well, you know what we got to do from Chicago land. Last time I was there, I was flipping the truck where these boys showed up and showed out. So let's do it, people. Let's get into it. So coming into the playoffs, we, we kind of knew. We were wondering what we were going to see. Was it going to be outdoor motocross, like, Last weekend, it was like a hybrid. It was between a supercross and motocross. Well, this track was basically a motocross track. I mean, it was really wide. Unlike Daytona, the only thing that was similar to Daytona was the lights. It was kind of hard to see. Um, but overall, it was a speedway, which is great because we were at a speedway. I thought there was some some cool aspects about the track, even though there wasn't a lot of things to separate the guys. I thought the track looked fun. Um, I think the rain with the soil kind of made it a little bit more trickier than if it didn't rain and make the ruts and, and things like that come up. But overall it looked like a fun track to even race on because the way you had to set guys up and pass them, you had to really set guys up uh, corners out to make passes, which we saw a lot of that. Um, it seemed like the guys enjoyed it. I didn't really hear a lot of people complaining about it. Yes, it was high speed. I know from Friday to Saturday, they put in like a, a wall jump on one of the sections but overall, I think the biggest challenge was going to be the lights, um, the soul being dark and the fact that every time they rode on that track, it was during the day. Um, so when the nighttime started, you could see some of the guys were taking a little bit of time, particularly in that 250 class. Hunter Lawrence said he took about 10 minutes to see. It's actually really tough. The lighting's uh, pretty far away and the dirt's really dark and and, bl and uh, just blends in with the shadows. So it's tough. The first 10 minutes, I was kind of just trying to get used to it because it was uh, it was something else. I know a little bit about that when we raced uh, Colorado a few years ago, the first time they had the light race. It was difficult. So overall, look, hybrid first supercross track. This was a complete motocross track. So I'm expecting maybe the next one be a real supercross track. So coming into this playoffs, I think we kind of got the understanding that this really is a super motocross experience. And we saw it this weekend. But overall, I, the track was pretty good and it was enjoyable to watch the race. So last week at the playoffs, we had Hunter Lawrence. He struggled. He struggled. I wasn't sure if it was because the motocross hangover or the fact that, as I said on the show, is 
he was kind of in a limbo. Like this is the last, you know, hurrah in the 250. And until we figure out the playoffs, which after next weekend, I think people will really figure out how important this is. And then moving forward, you'll kind of prepare. You only go into like winning the motocross and supercross championship. Well, Hunter was able to capitalize and do that. So I think for him, I felt like he was going to be in a spot. Yeah, it was a lot of winning a championship. It takes a lot of pressure. And once that's done, it is kind of a little bit of hangover. But at the same time, I think the money will ramp you guys up, you know, ramp people up. But the way we saw Hunter ride last weekend, I didn't think it was more of the, you know, he was tired. I think he rode good, but I think he rode cautious. So last weekend, he ended up nine, seven or whatnots, and then he ends up losing the points. But in hindsight, when you look at it, he was only three points back. He wins this, this race. He's back in the points lead. We were wondering what was going to happen. If he was still had that supercross, uh, motocross hangover and he was tired, then he was probably going to be in this situation. I felt like with Hunter Lawrence, this circumstance of what was going to happen was going to dictate the way he rode. I still think if he would have ended up like a bad start and he would have went down, it probably would have been more like it was last weekend because he rode good. It was just the track was harder to pass on. And again, I think he's still in that spot to where Look, if you can win, you're going to go out and win. But if not, then you don't want to take any chances to to get hurt because we don't really know how prestigious this championship is. You've done your job. You won this. And, you know, you don't want to get hurt now to end up affecting going into 2024 where you got the big guns in that championship. So if you get a bad start, go down and have things happen like last weekend. I thought he was going to end up riding like that. But if you got a good start, I thought he was going to ride just like he did. Still cautious in the beginning part of the race, but I think he, as he got going on, Hunter is a champion. And the reason why I don't think it was the full on like supercross or championship hangover, because dude had some spunk to him. And looking at him, I think he rode just as good as he did last weekend. I just think he was up front. And when you can smell that victory, you're going to go out and try to do it. So for him, Hunter rode just like I thought he would. You know, he capitalized like he's been doing all year. Um, like it was like two motos for him that first race, first race outdoors, first moto, like he'll do whatever it takes to just be there at the end to have a shot to win overall, whether that's getting third or second and come back when the next moto. Well, the first 10 minutes kind of dictated Hayden was on Hayden was riding good. You don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke. You know, Hayden was doing his thing. And then as that race kept coming on, Hunter was able to see he needed night vision, whatever it was. He clicked on the vision. I can't see f***ing shit out of this thing. He was able to see and then he got comfortable and he was able to do something that, I mean, I think it was big for him. And also to let Hayden know that, you know what, I'm still the champ. Like, I'm still here. You know, like as good as you've been riding that pretty little baby, you know, like it ain't it ain't that pretty, but it's a smart baby, you know. It still ain't as pretty as mine's, and he was able to pass Hayden. I think the track was more, even though it didn't have as much, um, as many jumps as last weekend, I think that this track was more technical. So it, you could see that by the way when he was close to Hayden, Hayden would pull away in some spots where it was like really motocross where you would just pin it. And then when it got to those switchbacks, Hunter was really technical where it was going down right after the wall jump down the front straightaway close to the fans. And before you go into the first corner uh, of the, the NASCAR, you can see when Hayden would get over the wall jump, 
you know, they were hit that triple, go through those rollers right before they go up and go up on the side of NASCAR. Hunter had a really good line. And that's why I said the technical part of the racetrack, I think because of the ruts and the shadows, the shadows played into the track to make it more technical than even just if it was during the daytime, just being at night made it different. And you could see Hunter had a really good line. So they go past a wall jump. Hayden was landing right before they land off that double and they turn and there was like a single on the inside or you can go outside around the single. Then you go up, up on the uh, NASCAR burn. What Hunter was doing, he was landing off that double, slowing down and then hitting that single and almost making that, that uh, NASCAR part more of a straighter section. So by slowing down off that double, he was cutting that, um, cutting that single out and going straight. So he would end up making a little bit of time. He would lose time when he slow when he landed off the jump, but then he would make up a lot of time all the way through up on that NASCAR berm, down that section, around that next corner. And so that's why I would say like he was able to close in on Hayden. And the reason he was doing that was because he was being patient, somewhat like his brother, which we'll talk about soon. He was able to do that. Um, where unlike last weekend, I don't think the track allowed you to to be able to have those options. And so I think Hunter rode the same. But the track was more technical on um, some parts of the racetrack, which ultimately he was able to get around Hayden. Now, the reason why I feel like, um, you know, he was still kind of that same position, because although he closed in on Hayden, I would have been interested to see if Hayden didn't make that mistake. Would he would have like ran it in on him? Would he would have been like, I'm going for this win because I need these points. I need to win this championship. That would have been the only way I would have been able to say like, no, he wrote a lot different than last weekend. Last weekend was last weekend. This weekend was this weekend. I think he wrote the same, very cautious. Hayden made that mistake. He knew he had better lines, which ultimately was making him faster. And he knew if he was able to get around Hayden, he would be going into that section. He could pull away. But we didn't find out whether he was going to bump in on Hayden and figure that out. And so Hayden made that mistake. Oh, he makes a mistake. And he can't jump the finish line jump. Here comes Hunter to take the lead. I think Hayden wrote actually pretty good. I mean, I know he made a mistake. And and one thing I have been really impressed with Hayden, it happened to second moto, but when things start transpiring, like it starts going downhill, for instance, as I said, when we were talking about Hayden, I would pick him over Justin Cooper for the championship, even though at times Justin Cooper was a lot faster. And this ain't a knock at Justin, but this is more of a uh, embracement and saying what Hayden does and why he's doing that, why I've been impressed. It's almost like I could say this. We saw what happened with Justin. Justin pulls a whole shot, guys get around him, and then it just kind of starts spiraling, you know, like then he gets passed by another guy. Then he gets passed by another guy. And granted, Justin didn't go back to 10th place. He didn't roll over. But when things start happening, it just seems like it's easier for Hayden. It's just he keeps fighting. Now, partly that could be because he's young. He's a rookie. He hasn't had those past incidents where when things do happen they spiral out and you do end up in 11th in Justin's defense sometimes like it is hard to overcome you know past history but again the reason why I've been impressed with Hayden because what Justin did Hayden doesn't do like those things guys start passing him and he starts losing time Hayden somehow bundles it back together and the next thing you know you're like damn he's still right there like he still is coming back and outside of uh Joe Shimoto, which was on another level, Far East Coast is back, um, and Hunter Lawrence. Hayden got around everybody else at one point. I believe RJ got around Hayden um, or, or, or Tom Vial, but Hayden got back around those guys and then stood his own ground. And, and for a rookie, 
that's impressive. And that's why I go back to the sense of saying, when you look at those two, if I'm like picking between Justin and Hayden, um, I would choose Hayden because of that. And again, this ain't a knock at Justin. I'm just highlighting what I, what impresses me with Hayden Deegan. So I think Hayden uh, wrote really good. He made a mistake that first moto um, right before the finish line. I think two things happened. Uh, that finish line looked a lot. It must be a lot bigger than it looks on TV. And that I think um, Hayden ended up with those with those ruts and with the shadows. It is kind of hard to see depending on where those lights are at. It is actually hard to see because half that rut is deep. And I think Hayden came in there, probably drugged the the, um, the foot pegs and then went up and then decided he wasn't going to make that double. On TV, it looked like he could have just seat bounced that thing so and, and did it, but he shut it off. And knowing Hayden hits all these jumps, so that told me right there, damn, that double must be a lot bigger than what it looks like for, for him to – for on TV, I'm like, damn, why didn't he not jump that? Uh, it must be a lot bigger. So he just made a mistake, but still, he was able to recover. I know Joe Shimoda got around him, but for a rookie to be winning the race and as much confidence as that guy has to get past like that and then on a mistake that you made, it'd be a lot easier for Hayden to tip over. And the same thing happened at second mode. It'd be a lot easy, easy for him to make a mistake, but he doesn't do that. And then he just ran into far east coast, Joe Shimoda. Hey, you wrote good. You're fine. You're going in last week. Last week, winner take all. Joe Shimoda, bruh, where you been at, dog? Where you been at? Look, this is the guy. Joe's riding better right now than he's ever had in his career. Like, Joe has more confidence than he has in his whole career. Um, Joe has to be actually passing people. I mean, you only have to pass a couple of them, but Joe got some real speed to the point to where when Joe's on, like, they ain't. There ain't nobody better than average Joe. Like his average is just better than everybody else. And that's just, it just comes down to confidence. I mean, I said, you got to give credit to Mitch Payton, whatever they figured out. And it's obviously power. Cause I, I believe when you look at 250 class, um, power does make a difference, a huge difference. in just belief used to be like, used to go to PC and anybody. I mean, I saw Ivan Tedesco, Go from being like fifth, you know, sixth guy every once in a while podium to like on Mitch's team, he instantly wins championship back to back. Um, it used to be like that, but star racing, we've seen guys that get on that bike. It's that power obviously makes a difference. Where in a 450, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. And then we know that they didn't switch companies like suspension companies, so it ain't suspension stuff. And when you talk about all the guys who've gotten instantly better. Having the engine can be the only thing that makes sense on there because not everybody, even though they kind of look the same and the numbers are like five, 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 switching suspension would make everyone better because everybody rides different. But putting a bigger engine in would make each one of those riders better. And I think that's why we've seen the whole PC team elevate their game. Now, when you see Joe Shimoto, the fact is he won at Southwick. You know, they switched the stuff. He was able to win at Southwick. And then he started riding good. And then he had that dominate performance at that last race. His confidence is more than everybody else um, on that race team. Therefore, he is riding at a different level. Do I think Joe Shimoda is more talented than Ryder D and, and all those guys? Time would tell. But right now, he is in a better spot. Like mentally, his confidence and his riding is better than those guys because of his age and how long he's been here. So, he is obviously with confidence. He is going to be the class of that team, but also he can be the class of that field because 
even up until this, we thought Joe was going to be more like this. I don't think we all expected like the, how the season started and how it was in motocross. I don't think we expected this to transition because that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive to, to say that, okay, the engine package and then that's changed this whole, I would say somewhat his career. Because I think if Joe would have kept riding like this and how he was at the outdoors, you saw him starting to, you know, just lose confidence in everything. And so this motor change is kind of spunk Joe up to a word. When I say change his career, like if he's able to go win the 250 championship next year and do what Hunter Lawrence did, then what does that spring him to? And I think that wouldn't have happened unless Mitch Payton and those guys at PC would have kept working and given him this engine packet. Now he's starting to go out and believe. And if he rides his confidence and somehow is able to win this, this, uh, this championship this year, then that's going to build into he's going to have that confidence going outdoors. I mean, the offseason, which he's never have. I mean, Joe's won races, but if he's able to win this championship, he's never had an offseason like that. And then said he'll go into next year on a bike that he just saw win everything. So he's going to have confidence in the bike, a team that he's he's familiar with. He's ridden that bike um, a few years ago. So I think it could spawn into what's happening right now and what was happening at that Southwick win. Joe could look at this in three, four years and now and be like, damn, that was the race that changed my career because look what I was able to do that season. Look how I was able to win that championship. Look how I went in the offseason. Now I was able to win this. So if all those things happen, we can go back just when Hayden had the baby. Joe can have, you know, he can adopt whatever you want. He can adopt the baby. And he said, I was able to do it. So Joe Shimoda's riding off confidence. Yes, the bike is better. We see that with the whole PC team. But the difference between Joe winning and doing what he's doing right now is because Joe believes he ain't average Joe no more. And it's Joe time. And that second moto, he would have won that one too. But obviously something happened with the bike. And we all know, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how pretty she is. Like when that bike, you hear noises, you, you got to shut it off. You got to shut it off. And Joe was like, shut it off. So they my friends. Joe was able to do it. Hunter was able to get the points, but Joe knows he can go in next weekend and it could be Joe time. But that was what. So Far East Coast, welcome back. Or welcome, son. I don't know if you've ever been back. Welcome. Last weekend, I said Tom Vial. Tom Vial was riding good and people didn't understand. And I was like, well, because a lot of that comes from, even though it's like a hybrid supercross track and you wouldn't think, I think he's familiar with that. And to be honest with you, that's probably the most comfortable and familiar that he's going to be at with any track that he's written on at all this year. You know, they he's used to, as they said, like going to stadiums or, or these type of stadiums and building tracks out of the middle in, in the middle of the city or wherever it's at. And so last weekend, I believe Tom, because of the outdoors and his confidence, I believe that setup of that track and this track has made him feel more comfortable than any track that he's ridden um, all year, even more in Southwick, because he's probably more familiar. And the fact is, it's not that he's familiar with it, which he is. I think it's the fact that nobody else has done it. And so they don't have the upper hand of being there before because they haven't done it. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Tom because he rode good last weekend. Dude, he was rolling um, this weekend. And in that second moto, he ended up um, messing up his shifter I think he ended up uh, breaking the shifter off. So that was a stop for him. Cause actually at one point I thought he was going to pass both they asses. Like Tom was coming. Like, and I, I think with, with him, we were about to see, he was about to have a baby and he sided different or whatever, but 
the shifter coughs him. Now, what we're really going to find out, is it him getting better or is it confidence or that he's familiar? Because going to the next weekend, even though the only person that last time I seen was, you know, Brian's daddy flying the motorcycle last time I seen the Coliseum, last thing I remember, um, it's going to be a traditional supercross track. So we'll see if that confidence and how much better he's gotten all year going into next, uh, next weekend. So, uh, maybe that's not like a fair analogy cause he could struggle next, uh, next weekend or this weekend, but he's gotten better. But I just think it's going to show how much, um, is it the the track set up and familiar being familiar with this stuff or how much he's improved? I think it's a little bit of everything. So I just wanted to say that because I thought he rode good. And I was the first time that I actually watched him that I'm like, I was impressed when he won, you know, at Southwick, but this one was like, I'm like, I saw somebody coming. I was like, damn dude, he is coming. And that's the first time I seen that part, even though he's won a race, but not like with that type of speed, but obviously the shifter um, held him. So that was a 250 class. And I think like, as we were talking about now, we said it was like 400, 500, 600 days and or something. I got a little bit of Jet Lawrence math going on, but it was a long time. And it was even longer since we saw Hunter Lawrence up on a podium. Like it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's longer than his brother because his brother just won a few weeks ago. And even his brother got a podium last weekend in one moto, but Hunter Lawrence. Like, it's been a while. And I know you won the championship. And I know you were like, woo-hoo, And I know your brother went undefeated. But, like, you, like, you didn't see what was happening. I saw it. They saw it. Maybe the other people see it. But maybe you did see it as well. And that's why you showed up this weekend. But we saw a baby being born. And we talked about a kid that didn't finish in the top 10 a lot. But we saw what was coming. And I think that was all because of, like, when you fell over at Washougal, when you were right there and then you fell over and that kid was able to run old Justin down because maybe you could have stopped him. We would have had to figure out, but you didn't. And you allowed this thing to keep building. You allowed this to happen. And then all of a sudden, Far East Coast, he get a new engine package. Now he out there riding. And the next thing you know, you got all these Kawasaki's just whole shotting. And you ain't got to worry about it. It ain't just star racing. Yamaha's Kawasaki's up there. But you know what you did? You showed up this weekend and you were like, you know what? I'm tired. Now my brother... He sucked last weekend. He sucked. First day, what he said. But you were like, no way. It cannot, the street can't be ending. Someone's got to do something. So you showed up. You're like, look here, bro. I know you don't know. Like when I don't win, you struggle. I, I had a bad performance. You get like ninth. I get ninth. I'm going to come out and show you how it's done. And so what I'm going to do is what I haven't done in a while because I haven't been up there in a while. And I'm going to let all these guys know. I know Joe coming. I know Joe coming, but he ain't worried about He ain't worried. He can, he's my friend. I'll take his ass out, which I... I threw a little, I threw a wheel in on the second moto because I'm here and I do want the championship. I know Jay said, you know, maybe I'm talking about Supercross hangover and all this stuff, but I'm here and I'm here to get what? Cole, hit it for him. Suntan, next on fire. You're back, son. You're back. I was starting to say, man, you know, I can't even invite this cat to my, my golf club. I mean, he losing. I don't invite like losers. You can't come. Well, you all dominant, which I ain't really a bandwagoner, but you know, my reputation. All that money, it's just prestige. You got to be coming up, showing. You can't be getting like ninth. So welcome back. Good job. It was nice to see. And I think the whole thing is like if you won last weekend and you won this weekend, we'd be like, man, whatever, whatever. And I know Clinton stats. He made the math, you know, what, like where everybody has a chance to win. But, I mean, you could have just ended that. But the fact is you just gave us hope. You gave us hope. You gave Joe hope. You gave Hayden hope. 
Now we're about to find out and it's winner take all. So yes, thank you. You've probably been playing this just like y'all. Y'all always be thinking of you. So congratulations, Hunter. You hit him with a neck burn. Good job. Hey, good job. Joe, good job. Everybody else, good job. Now, the 450 class. Woo! I don't think I've been this hyped to talk about this class since... Five minutes later. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. So we know Jet Lawrence has been dominating everything. Chase Sexton came in last weekend and was like, dude, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of everybody talking. I can't even watch the broadcast because they be talking. I, I have a hard time watching the broadcast sometimes. Um, just I feel like what I did in Supercross was uh, discounted a bit. It gets annoying after uh, listening to the same thing over and over every weekend. So um, that's kind of all I have on, on that part. But this weekend, so he went out and he said, like, I'm, you know what? I rode the way Jay has been saying I was riding. Damon, I've been taking all this heat for you. I'm like, dude, he ride good. He ride good. I know he'd be falling over. I know he'd be falling over. But when you take chances, chances, things happen. But he came back this weekend, last weekend, and he was like, I'm back. Throw them Supercross suspension on. I got a red plate. I'm your Supercross champion. Chase Sexton did that for us. And he saw, he showed everybody else that Jet Lawrence can be beat because everybody else is trying to beat him up. But Jet came back. That second motor, he rode good. He was able to get around German chocolate. So coming in this weekend... We were wondering what was going to happen. Would Chase be able to continue that success? You know, I felt like he was confident. I mean, he was confident. He was saying this and that. And the question was whether Jet Lawrence was, would he, how would he react? It's the first time in a long time that um, he's had a race like he did last weekend. And he seemed upset, but he also seemed like maybe he knew what the situation was. But, I mean, you know how it is. Like, well, maybe you don't know how it is, but... When you win a lot, it doesn't matter what happens. The first time you lose, you're just like, it does not matter. I don't care if I didn't have any wheels on the motorcycle. I just, it's not my fault. I should never lose. And so I felt like Jet was going to be coming back to prove a point, as I said last weekend. And Chase was going to try to prove that what happened last weekend was no fluke. And so coming in Chicago, we were going to figure out what was what. And I think at the press conference, we saw what Jet was feeling like. They asked the question, Cole, play it for. Can I get hands for whoever's winning this thing tomorrow? Oh, dang. And we lead, got one. Leading into that question, you're going to pull it off, buddy? You're going to get back on the top step? I'm, I'm going to try my butt off to make sure I can. Uh, I mean. They asked the question, anybody going to win? Something like that, something like that. And Jet was the only one to raise his hand. Bold, yes. Bold, kid, yes. He is a kid, young, but... You got to give the kid respect. I don't think it was a disrespect to this competition. I just think he's young and he said the truth. Some people, like, it ain't nothing wrong with saying the truth. Some people just say the truth too quickly, you know, and I think that bothers other people. So uh, Jet raised his hand and that should have been a sign that, look, now you don't raise your hand. It's like you're in the class, like, hey, you want to, you got a question, raise your hand and teacher calls and you're like, damn, I don't want to say nothing. Well, now you got to say it. So the question was, do you think who's going to win this weekend? He raised his hands. And sure enough, he was right. He was able to go out there. So Chase Sexton. Now, this weekend, the track layout was completely different. And I just think with the way Jet, after raising his hands and after last weekend, I don't think any track that Jet was going to be on, I think he was going to beat Chase. And that's not to say Chase wasn't Rod good or that I think Jet's better. I just think Jet had more to prove this weekend. One, because 
if he would allow Chase to win this weekend and how many points he was already down, that would have put the championship in a, a real tough situation. And the fact is, I don't care if he went undefeated. Like, you don't want that taste in your mouth because the problem is, is that if Chase beats you, then he's going to say, look, the outdoors with the outdoors, I struggled. I mean, he even said on TV, like my bike setup thing that I chose caused the issues that happened. And now I went back to what I belong, which is I know I'm changing teams and all this stuff, but I will beat you, son. I will beat you. You don't want him going an out season like that. And you don't want to think that that's true. So I think Jet had more just in the fact Jet had more to prove than Chase did coming into this weekend for a couple of different reasons that I just mentioned. And so as I said, I don't think Chase would have beat Jet no matter where they showed up just because their mindsets were in two different spots. You saw Chase, I wouldn't say roll over, but Chase was okay with not winning this weekend. Like he tried and he would love to to end that streak and just, I guess, back up that streak. But in your mindset, when you're racing and part of your mind is like, well, I just need to be third and protect so I can go in the next weekend. When you race like that, I don't care. Like it's, it's like that championship race. Like I went into the championship, like the championship night, Oh nine, I wanted to win, but my mind knew I only needed like a position and I don't know what it is, but when you start saying, I only need this, that's on, like, it doesn't matter where you're at, you're going to get beat. You got to be all in or not. And I felt like what Chase said and how he wrote was a guy that was protecting and yes, I want to win kind of like what we saw with Hunter Lawrence. Like I want to win, but I'm going to let everything else dictate. And Jet Lawrence was like, I have to win because one, I need to for a championship wise. And two, I cannot let this guy beat me again. And so that was your difference. And that's why I said Jet was going to beat him no matter where he was with that mentality. So going into this weekend, I think they both understand that they have to win because Believe it or not, I know it's only three races, and I just think the statement of what it's going to do for both these guys going into offseason is going to be huge. It's not about the million dollars. It's not about this championship, but it is about the future. And I think with Chase Sexton, if he's able to beat Jet this weekend, they're going to be back on the regular Supercross track. The confidence is going to allow him to go into the offseason is everything's going to feel much better because you won the Supercross title and then you won this big old title, this Super Motocross Championship, which you're the best of everyone. And you were able to beat the guy that just came undefeated. You know, the only reason he was able to beat you, right? Because it was suspension and just testing is going to be better. You're going to have all this momentum going into Supercross. Well, that's the benefit for you. So the million dollars is great, but what it does for you mentally going to next year is even worth it's priceless, as they say. And if you're Jet Lawrence, you don't want that dude going in like that because you might start thinking that, all right, damn, it was a setup. And he's going, I mean, KTM, they won some championship. He's got the man. He's got our, uh, Roger DeCosta. He's got everybody over there. And you know KTM wants to win. And so they would love to do that with Chase Sexton. And you don't want to be thinking, damn, okay, maybe it was a bike. And we are on Supercross. And the only time I've been beat was by this cat on Supercross track. And so is I know you went undefeated, but the last time you raced, you lost. You know, you lost two out of three because Chase would have to beat you this weekend to win this championship. So that means if he wins, he beats you. So you lost the last two out of three races on the Supercross track, per se. You don't leave a good taste. And then you got Hunter Lawrence. And then the fact that 
not what Chase does, it's what everybody else thinks as well. And then I just think you you leave yourself to a long offseason. So as good as you've been, like they say, you're only as good as your last race. And I know Jet knows that. And so I expect fireworks. The fact is that, yes, we have a lot of money on the line, but we got a lot of pride on the line. And like I said, don't underestimate how big this weekend is for just those two riders. I know German Chocolate, he is riding good, and we're going to talk about you in a second. But for Jet Lawrence and Chase Sexton going into and you'll have Eli Tomac back. We'll see how he's feeling. This race is huge, people, and I ain't trying to sell it, but damn it, I am selling it. It is huge, and I can't wait to be there and watch it, and I hope you guys as well. So let's talk a little bit about line setup because I, I do believe besides um, – you know, the the mindset between Chase and um, Jet Lawrence. I do believe that what Jet is doing on the racetrack, and I'm sure Chase will watch the video, and, and even uh, what Jet was able to do towards Ken Roxon. Jet has great, one, technique, but he also has some great lines, just like his brother. The reason why his brother, because everybody was pretty close, but then they were getting to certain sections, and you would see, like, damn, like there would be a huge time gap. And so... When you watch Jet Rod, this track and reason why I was so excited to like when I was watching the race, there was nothing there. There was no jumps, but I was actually more intrigued and interested watching this race because of the way the track was. It's like you could see the difference between where you put on the track. And I said this a long time ago. You put two barrels in a flat in the middle of a cornfield. You put two barrels and say go in circles. The guys who are best are still going to be up front like. I know a track might help one guy, one good guy might be better than the other, a little bit better than another guy. But ultimately, you ain't going to have the guy who finished 20th last weekend and he finished 20th because the track, you put him on two barrels and all of a sudden he's going to do it. You're not going to have that. And this weekend just show that the best of the best, they'll figure out how to go faster than anybody else on a track that ain't nothing there. And Jet Lawrence was able to do that. And the reason he was because there was a section after the same spot where Hayden Deegan, um, you know, when I was talking about Hayden Deegan and Hunter Lawrence, Hunter was doing something by him landing off that double, slowing down and, you know, basically s- slowing down in the beginning part was allowing him to um, go faster at the rest. And it's a little bit different than what his brother was doing, even though they were doing the same thing. They were doing it for the same outcome, but different ways of achieving that. And what I'm saying is by Hunter slowing down, he was just changing the angles of that section, like by him slowing down here, allow him to be on this side of the track, which allowed him to straighten up that section and then get through it a little bit with more speed where Jet was actually, he was running down the same lines as Chase, but Jet was slowing down like towards the end of that section and hopping over those breaking bumps. And it was the same thing I was saying in the outdoors. When you watch Chase, Chase would be going, like if you put a, you know, miles an hour, Chase would be going faster than Jet. But at the end of that straightaway or when you finish, Jet would end up still be faster than Chase. Well, this weekend, both Lawrence boys, they were crushing that section. And as I said, they were doing it in different ways. Jet was up on top of that hill. And right before they dropped down, like he was on the outside. And you can see Jet, he's going and he lets off the throttle. And he just kind of goes and then he gasses. And what he does, he slows down so he can hop over those bumps. And by hopping over those bumps, he hops over on the downside of that landing which he's carrying more momentum because he's hopping over that stuff. He doesn't have to, there's no bumps, there's nothing to stop him, which allows him to get through that sweeper in one motion 
And there's another part I'll talk about in a second um, where he's, you know, makes a mistake and he flows through it. But by him being patient and not charging into that section, hopping over, allowed him to carry more speed all the way through that next corner of that sweeper corner. So he was doing that. But then if you watch Chase right behind him, you'll see Chase going in that same section. And just like outdoors, Chase is on the gas and then he's just pinning it. And by him being on the gas and not patient, he can't even do what Jet is doing because he's going into that section a lot faster. And just like a rhythm section, what do they call it? It's a rhythm. You got to time it. You got to time it. Well, these breaking bumps are the same way. If you're going in it too fast, like you cannot time it. And you'll just see Chase just, you know, bikes dancing all around and, and stuff. And my point is, yes, it costs him time like towards the end because now his bike's bouncing. And then now he's got to build that momentum up, um, you know, through that rhythm section. But what it does is that it just costs energy. And when you look at the race, same thing outdoors. You ever notice that Chase is always like right there, like in the beginning part of race, like he'll actually close in on Jet. And then there'll be like three, four, five laps where they'll pretty much stay the same. Or Jet will pull them like, you know, 10, two tens, maybe a half second. Then all of a sudden, it's like it goes from like two seconds to like five in the same lap. It goes that big difference. Um, Well, I believe the reason that is, is because of what I just point out. It's a lot easier doing what Jet is doing as far as on the body. It's a lot easier to continue that momentum because you're saving energy. Like he's not fighting that bike, you know, and he's taking the risk out because the more likelihood of him crashing that way compared to like, you know, Chase, he's super talented. That's probably why he doesn't crash more by doing that. But the bike's dancing around like anything. The thing kicks off. He catches the edge. He's on the ground. Well, that's just more risk, but that's also more energy. And I think it just wears on you as mentally, one, because I'm not saying Chase gets tired, but I think it wears on you mentally to where you keep doing that. You're like, dude, I'm taking his chances. I'm charging in this stuff. And this dude, visually, I'm looking at him, looks like he ain't trying. And then like, I'm starting to get tired. So I think that's why at the end of the race, whether Chase gets tired or he just gets tired of like doing it and taking the chances, that's why the gap just goes from like two to like five. It's the same way in outdoors. It was the same thing. Chase would be right there. And then all of a sudden, Jet would just pull this massive gap in one lap. And then he'll pull it for a couple laps and then it would stay the same again. So I believe a lot of that is strictly because of the section we're about to point out. And again, the fact is that it's saving a lot of energy. Another part is Jet was doing that with um, Ken Roxon. Now, if you look right before the finish line, there was a section where you kind of go, you land off that, you go over to over under or just a tunnel jump. Ken was going around that next single and then there was a right-handed and then you went left-handed where Hayden Deegan missed the double for the finish line. Ken was landing off that thing, um, that tunnel, going around that sweeper, uh, around that single and inside and pinning it down the inside so he can be on the inside of the next corner where you see Jet, Jet would land off that tunnel go inside, he would hit that that single, and then it would like he would almost hop his way towards the um, the entrance of that corner. And what he was doing, same thing he was doing in that same section I was just talking about, where Chase, he was slowing down and popping into that rut. And what it was doing, he was popping in, it was saving energy. Ken was doing what um, Chase was doing by bulldogging it. You can see his bike, the energy, you can see all the energy being um, throughout Kenny's arm because that bike is charging 
and he's going faster. So the suspension is lower. The suspension cannot work when it's bottomed out when you're trying to hit the brakes. Well, the reason he's hitting the brakes is because he was going in so much faster. And you just see Kenny catch Jet in the beginning part of that. But then next thing you know, Jet's gone. And he was slowing down, hopping into that rut. And by him hopping that rut, he almost ended up in that rut faster. But he was able to hop in. And he sat down, threw his foot out, and made that corner one motion. And again, you look. You see Jet going, he hop in, we're watching Kenny come in there, and then as they pan around and they see, we show Kenny coming out that corner, it's like Jet's at the finish line. It's like he lost all that time, and that was strictly because Jet was patient in that one section, which allowed him to make up that time in one corner. Now, what Kenny has to do, Kenny has to charge the whole racetrack just to make up that second or whatever he lost in that same section. He has to charge all the way around all the way around the racetrack to get back to the same spot, to lose the same thing. And again, that is difficult. One, that's a lot of chances that he's got to take to make up that time, a lot of energy, but it's also even more important than that. It's just mentally draining. Now, in Kenny's standpoint, you got to give Kenny credit because he stayed there. And I think um, Kenny's really good at doing what Jet does. You know, he's really light on the motorcycle. And I think he was starting... Even though he lost that time, I think there were some spots that Kenny was better than Jet because he is talented. I think some of the things that maybe Kenny couldn't do was maybe on bike setup. I think the Hondas right now set up a little bit better than Suzuki. So, and I also think being even more technical, I don't think Kenny um, can ride like Jet because his arms, his wrists. I don't think he can stand up and be more taller on the bike, which. To be able to do what Jet's doing, you got to be up more on the motorcycle um, to be able to like bunny hop through it where Kenny does that. But I don't think his risk allows him to do that. So a part of that is the motorcycle, why he can't do it um, and then even riding position. But it's just being patient. And I think Jet has done a great job at doing that. And it just shows, you know, the the discipline to kind of continue to do that because it's really easy for Jet to worry about the guy that's coming in because you can feel the guy coming up close to you but to stay locked in and just be like if i keep doing this eventually it's going to wear him down um it does there's two parts to this i think the reason jet is able to do this because jet executes the start and i said this during outdoors this kid knows what he needs to do to dictate this whole race like we saw him if you were the outdoors, like Chase be in front of him, he instantly passes the guy that he needs to be in front of. He does that quickly. And by being in front, that means you can dictate the race, which means you can slow down and hop over his bumps because you can be patient because the guy, I mean, he can close in on you, but what he's going to do, run into you. So as long as you are in front of him, you're able to do that kind of stuff. I think when last weekend, when he didn't get a good start and guys were jumping on him, I know the track was different, but you can't. You can't do that stuff, you know, because you have you're in that situation where you got to make up that time and you can't be patient enough to make that time up, especially when when you got Chase Sexton last weekend. Let's just say he was rolling. He was in the zone. He wasn't going to make a mistake. So you can't just wear him down because you still got to make up that gap. Then you got to pass him. Now you're taking those chances. And I saw I think that's what we saw last weekend. If the start might have been different, he was in front of Chase. Maybe things would have been different, but he wasn't. So, again, he just knows that's all on Jet. He just knows what he needs to do, and he's able to do it. So there's another part when you look at um, Chase and Jet. And, again, I'm not knocking on Chase. I'm just pointing these things out. 
when Jet makes him, uh, we go back to the part where I was saying he was hopping over, uh, where him and his brother was hopping over. You go after that sweeper. Now, Jet comes in this corner, and it's like right before you go down that long straight, before you start coming back up towards the start, um, where the, the mechanics and all that is. He, there's like a little bump or, or like a knuckle, like a stare. When you see Jet hit those type of things, what he does really good, um, it's like when he makes a mistake, he allows his his um, his body to absorb some of that. Like it's like when you watch when you watch him, it's like um, he hits his bump and he just continues going through. Like he makes the same mistake as everybody else, but there's no stop in his. Like when, per, for instance, like when Chase hits it, you can see it's like Nachi. Like when Chase hits that thing or somebody else, it's like they hit a wall. And when you hit a wall, like a brick wall. Like there's a part where you blow through it, but the bike, your impact kind of stops and then you get through it. But there's a there's a split second where you stop or when Jet hits it, it's like he's hitting a, a cardboard wall. Like there's no stop. Like he blows through the wall, but there's nothing that stops him. And the reason it doesn't is because when he makes that mistake, it's like he just allows his arms and body to just flow with the bike instead of fighting it. And the reason you can do that is because you got to be technically sound. You got to be holding on with the lower part of your body. Otherwise, your legs spread. You got to hold on with your hands. And I feel like sometimes when Chase gets in trouble, like we say, it's like, man, when you look at him, he's like holding on so tight. So when something hits, it's like doing this where a jet hits. It's like he's in water. His body moves with the bike, which allows him to make a mistake, but still keep, you know, he doesn't lose speed. Where other guys, they make that same mistake, they lose that speed, and that's just time being lost. And as you get through that next section, um, it was the second motor where Jet did a good job. Jet goes to that same section, and then Kenny's behind him, and you can see him. He comes out that corner, and what Jet does, he stays on the inside of that next corner. And the reason I love this track is because you can make up time by just being on which side of the racetrack and by making staying on being patient coming out of that corner and not gassing it and trying to get to that next corner as quick as you want by being patient, kind of roll off and stay up on the inside, allow jet to hit that next corner. And then you can cut out of it. But what it did was by cutting out of that next corner, because he was patient instead of getting on the gas, going to it, he was patient, stayed on the right side of that track. Then he cut back and then he was on the left side of that track. He he made that whole straightaway, basically the whole switchback, he made it a straightaway. So he lost time, a little bit of time in the beginning, but then he made up a lot of time because he was able to hit that that um that next single. He scrubbed it differently because he had a better angle going into it where if you were on the inside of that corner and you hit that next one, you had to slow down the scrub because the track was going back to the right. So Jet was able to stay on the inside here then angle, which put him on the outside on the next scrub jump. And you know, anybody that rides a motorcycle is the best scrub. When you got an angle going into it, you can have momentum. There's some scrubs that you, you do and you slow down. And there's also some scrubs, depending on what angle you got, you can actually scrub and not have to slow down and you keep moving forward. What jet was doing that, but it was all done because he was patient coming out of that corner. And that again, takes discipline. You got to be like, I'm coming out of this. I know Kenny's all over me, but I'm going to stay patient, stay on the inside of this because I know when I get to the next corner, I'm going to leave his ass behind because I'm making, I'm beelining straight to this next corner and Jet did a good job of that. So when you look at a whole racetrack and when it's not, it's not surprising that the most 
technical guys was up front at this racetrack on a very untechnical racetrack. That don't even make no sense. You would think that Hayden Deegan, Justin Barsha, those kind of guys would do well here because there ain't none to it, right? It's a track that there ain't many jumps and you just pin it. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, these guys shows you on tracks like this, like I said, back to two wheel barrels, the barrels, the most technical guy will figure out how to win this racetrack and they'll figure out to how to place piece this track together um, to go faster than everybody else, even though everybody's running the same lap time. So I got to give a shout out to Dirtworks because the track layout was legit. Like it was born when you looked at it, but when you start watching it, it just showed you like a masterclass on like being patient and line set up and kind of just basically studying and knowing just, hey, set up here, set up there, which ultimately is going to make you go around the track faster. So all my amateurs out there, all the kids, just go back and watch this race. Like they'll show you a way to go around the track on a plain track that is nothing that's separating. It'll show you a way how to separate yourself from everybody else. And those guys did it better than everybody else. So great job. I can beat you guys next week too. I can steal this title. Oh, and he waved a bye. He waved Ken Roxon bye. Well, Does that mean there's a problem? So, people, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, the past, the gift that's heard around the world, literally around the world. Whew. Now, on, my, on this subject, you know, I'm a little sentimental because I would say that, like, I think I, I feel like I know what that position, you know, my incident a few years ago, and I ain't named no names because we cool now. We cool. But it's kind of the same a situation that I've actually been in. Um, but I feel like a lot different than where I was. You know, when I when I did mine, it was more of a a message between uh, me and him that it was more of a saying like I heard or he was saying that someone could beat you. So I was trying to eliminate that. Um, where this one, this is different. You know, this is literally like a, a gift. Jet Lawrence, Ken Roxon, second moto. Ken's riding really good, you know, um, towards the end of the race. You know, Ken's was, yeah, Jet pulled away a little bit, but Ken was able to stay right there. Then he started closing back up towards the end of the race. And the way it was looking, I'm like, damn, like Ken's still there. You know, your confidence and, and things that's going on. There's been a lot of different like reasons. You know, people say a lot of different things. Some people say that, you know, Jet was afraid of Kenny. Kenny was going to beat him um, or, you know, Jet was doing this. Well, I'll, I'll try to do my best to answer these questions by what I see. Certain riders, when you ride against certain riders, uh, you're afraid of. Like, you know, when they get close to you or they're coming, they're coming. And I feel like with with Ken where he's been at and the fact that when Jet's out front, nobody's actually been able to really beat him. I mean, literally, they, when he's been out front, nobody's beat him, um, let alone pass him. So I think Kenny, the reason why I don't know if that's fully the truth where, you know, Jet was afraid of Kenny, that Kenny was going to beat him anyway. So Jet let him by because he was worried about him. I don't know if I believe that because, again, certain people you race against, you're afraid of, where I feel like with Kenny – I think it was already a win, the fact that he was still there. I mean, Kenny was, I know Kenny wants to beat Jet, and Kenny's capable of beating Jet, um, but that particular race, 
Jet was out front. It wasn't going to change overall. And I think, you know, the fact is that Kenny was doing everything possible to stay there and Jet was doing everything possible to keep Kenny behind him. I don't think Kenny was in the spot where that was an overall to where he was going to risk falling to beat Jet. And Jet knows that. And I think as well, when certain people you race with, you know, they'll knock you down to win that race. I don't think Kenny was going to do everything possible to win that race. The fact is he just had a baby. So, and it was a win. He's able to do something nobody's done, including even Chase Sexton. Hasn't done that this year. We actually keep Jet that close towards the end of the race where there was no gaps. There was no mistakes. Can't even say Jet slowed down and let him catch him or whatever. Or is that the end of the race? No, Kenny was just there. Um, and we all know about what happened at I point. So my point is, I, I think Jet knew that. He sensed that Kenny wasn't going to like come in and take him out. And the reason I say that is because, for instance, when I race, let's just go back to Chad Reed, Ricky Carmichael. Like if Ricky caught me like from far back, like I was afraid of him, but I wasn't afraid of him knocking me down. Like I wasn't worried about, okay, if he gets that close, then he's going to knock me down. Where Chad, like if he caught me, like I could see me being like, if I, if there was no way I was going to be able to hold him off, I just might have to make a mistake and let him buy. Now I didn't make, let him buy, which is Lana 2011. He knocked my ass down, but I would never worry about Ricky doing that and not saying that Chad's dirty. They just ride differently. And so the mindset of if I'm in, um, Jet Lawrence situation, if I had the Chad Reed effect as it would have be like, uh, Jason Anderson or Justin Barsha or, or somebody else, maybe even Chase in, in the standpoint in this in this uh, format after all what's happened this year, I could I wouldn't go outside because I know the guy knocked me down. So my point is, I don't think Jet was worried about Kenny knocking him down. And I don't think he was worried about Kenny dying at all costs to beat him. So which makes me like, I don't think he was afraid of getting beat by Kenny, which is the reason why you let him um, go. Now, it could be that he didn't want to get passed by anybody and that Kenny, he knew Kenny was going to pass him. Let's say he had arm pump and it's just a lot better to be like, oh, I just let him go. But I just feel like in, in that situation, there's some spots to where, look, you make the guy pass you. And I think even if Kenny would have caught him, he would have still had to pass Jet. And the way Jet lines were, I didn't really see any opportunity that Jet left the door open to where Kenny would be able to get there quick enough without Jet make a mistake and Kenny going around the outside. So that part, I don't know if that's the reason why Jet let him pass because he's afraid. The other part is, which I do kind of believe that where people are saying that Jet let him buy because he thought that it was going to switch points. He was going to gain points. Now that part, I can see that being, um, I can see that happening. The only problem is, is that the math was off. In his head, like the math was off. Just big brain moves mid mid uh, mid motor. He was going off of the outdoor. If that is the case, he was going off the outdoor setup where you do gain points between first and second. You, there is an extra points compared to where this one is. You don't gain points by motos. So the fact is, the overall wasn't going to change. The fact is, like there was no points you were going to gain on Chase. And the only reason I bring that up because if you listen to Jet right after the race, um, before they even do an interview, he says. You know, you lose position, gain points, or something like that. And then he kind of mentioned that a little bit in the press conference, and then he said his math was off. I was writing, but my mind was somewhere else thinking, try, trying to do math. But 
Uh, and yeah, I kind of took two laps and was set, like kind of making sure, like just thinking and making sure it would if it, if I did let him pass, it wouldn't affect my kind of overall. But turns out my great mass it wouldn't have mean anything if I would have let him pass or not. So <laughs> that's that's my good mass. So uh, that would be the only reason why I could see the way he was riding. He would he would allow that to happen, and then he probably realized that nah, this ain't the outdoor setup. Now before you ruined Jet. It is easy to think like like logistically our whole lives, especially in pro, it is like that. And this is a new format. And it is the one time that you don't get paid by points in motos. You know, yeah, that is more like a supercross format, but we kind of know where we at. You just race outdoors and this. So I can see how in the middle of the race and the fact that you adding all these points up calculated that maybe you would think that um, from past history. Yeah, I can get that. That would be more the reason why I would why I think that's more likely to happen. And again, his math was off. I think he let him by thinking that not necessarily the gift, but the fact is the points that he can gain. Now, again, this is all speculation. I have not talked to Jet, and I don't know if this is even what it was. If I'm him and I realized that my math was off, five out of four people struggle with math. Then I would say it was a gift because then I I rather say I was giving it to him rather than being like I was wrong and I let him buy and my math was off. You know, I was struggling with math and that was the reason I let him buy and I was wrong anyway. So it'd be better to be like, I just gave him a gift. Again, I don't know. I'm just saying what I would say if I was in that situation instead of being like, what? Dude, you can't count. Like, you can't count. You don't know. I just rather give him a gift. So. I believe that's more likely and as much as and the reason I say that because as much as Jet is friendly dude and I would yeah maybe he would give him a gift maybe that's straight up that's the way it is but I just noticed this kid likes winning and the message that you're trying to send again to Chase Sexton and everybody else know like you were unhappy last weekend that didn't sit well with you who's gonna win this weekend me so why are you raising your hand to let somebody else win you know, and again, I know y'all are cool and stuff, but I, I think there was more of a scenario where he thought it was going to change some other things, which ultimately would benefit him um, for the championship, even though in the championship, like it was going to be the same. So I think that was more the case. Now, the third part, if you wanted to say it is a gift, that's pretty bold. Like, that's pretty bold. And the fact is, I... I <sighs> I don't know why the points would get brought up when it didn't make a difference it, at the end. Like there was no part, like if he knew about the points and he knew it wouldn't be anything, then I don't, you wouldn't even say that in general. Like why even bring the points up? Because you had plenty of points to play with. Like you beating Chase, whether Chase got second or, or third, you were going in the last race, winner take all. So no matter what you did this weekend, like it wasn't going to change anything. Like you already in that perfect position to just go ahead and race for next weekend. So if it was a gift, then I don't know why the points would came up, you know? So I guess from that standpoint and the fact that I think it's the message that he's being sent, um, you know, jet is sneaky that he hates losing more and he loves to win. You know, I think he is like that. And, you know, that's why last weekend was personal. And I felt like even coming in this weekend that it was going to be a tough challenge to ask for anybody to beat him because I felt like he wanted to bounce back from last weekend. 
you know, you can win all these races, but you only remember the last one you lost. And last time he raced, he lost. So I didn't think that sat well with Jet. Um, so I think with him, it was more about that. And when you look at it, and this is where I think maybe there could be some trickle effect from this. I don't know if that's the message that you want to send, really. And I, this could be a scenario where even me, like the Unadilla stuff, like how great it was, like I'm glad I did it because it was something in my career. But right now, like if you ask me if I was in the same spot, would I do it again? Probably not because I'm just older and I don't, I don't want that smoke. I don't want that smoke. All the things that if I was Chad, what I would have done and maybe why he did do it was because of that. I don't know if me and Chad Reed would have that kind of relationship if that Unadilla stuff would happen. So I could have caused myself a lot of pain, a lot of effort. He might not hate me as much as he did. Who knows? So right now I'd be like, I don't know. I'd probably do it again, but I don't know. You know, I am. So I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But what the trickle effect is, I don't know if that's the message that you want to send to your competition. Cause I do believe Jet Lawrence has respect for all those guys. I don't think this is one thing that he's like, he did it out of disrespect. Now things you can do stuff, that is disrespectful and it might upset these guys, but I really do believe from talking to Jet and just kind of what I see, he ain't that type of person. He does look at Ken Rocks and he does look at Chase Sexton and he has a lot of respect for him because he does these things because I know he studies them and he has the respect that he would do something. He is worried about Chase, just like Chase is worried about him. You got respect for him, uh, respect for those guys because if you were if you were doing that, then you you know like hey Chase is good. I need every point I can. So I don't think before people jump on him and say oh he's just playing around. He's so disrespectful. I don't think personally he didn't do that out of disrespect. It could be disrespectful as hell, and it is. But I don't think he's in his heart that he was shooting at that. Now the problem is I think that is something that's gonna that trickle effect. Well, the reason I say that is because now you go from. I do believe it was going to be you and Chase going in his last race and y'all just racing and everything. It's kind of like a championship. You know, Kenny would be there, but I don't think Kenny would like really mess with you um, at the last race. If you and Chase going at it, I think those guys, all the other guys, they would race like a championship. Like they'll race you, but then like they're not going to get in the way because they're not in the title. Well, now I think the message could be sent is disrespectful to the whole 450 class. And that's not what you meant to do. Which means fair game. Anybody take your ass out now. And I don't think anybody would say anything different. And it's one of those those texts read wrong or whatever. Like you sent it and you meant good, but she took it in the wrong way. And now like you like, well, I already sent it and all the stuff is starting to happen. I got a I got I got a repetition. Like, you know, you send it like, oh, you tell your boys and you tell all your friends. Now you realize that it was bad. Like, man, you shouldn't have done that, but you gotta <laughs> you gotta get knocked out. You got to get knocked out. It's like going in there pushing somebody. You're like, damn, you're going to fight back. Now I just got to get knocked out. Well, now you got to figure out if you're going to get knocked out. And I don't think it sat well with Kenny, clearly, because he didn't say, I don't need no damn gift. And Kenny was super happy. And you could tell by when Kenny rolled up to him after the race, like right afterwards, he gave Kenny uh, Jed a hug to the way they were sitting in the press conference and the way Kenny was on the podium, that Kenny realized what he did. And then he wasn't too stoked about that. And I know Kenny is a champion and so is Jet Lawrence. Nobody wants to win like that. There's a difference between you can get gifted a race. Somebody can fall, but you can be like, I mean, dude, he was riding fast. He rode too fast. He fell. When you get gifted a race, like, no, literally, like, I'm going to dictate you can win today because I decided, damn, 
Like that's that's take bitch out where they I ain't I ain't lie. And I ain't promote no violence. I just believe we are going to a place where we seen violence in the past and we go into Coliseum and let alone there's a million dollars online and let alone this happen. This rookie coming here letting people give and get. What the hell is he's like the Australian Santa Claus? Like, is that what it is? Well, I think now he's going in that last race. Now Kenny's gonna be trying to prove that no, I was going to beat you. You were worried about me. And then now you also, I think, pissed Chase off as well because now you were doing that to him. And now he's going to be like, damn, like you like that? Like, like you, you trying to, what do you call it? Like shaving points? That's literally what it is. Like he's shaving points. Like it's Pete Rose in this bitch. I don't know. Cole, you probably don't even know about that either. So you like fixing the game. Now, again, I don't think any of this was out of just straight disrespect. I don't think it is like you can do bold moves and you can be disrespectful, but, you know, you still got respect. And I do believe Jet Lawrence is like that. And again, now you got Ken Roxon and you got Chase Sexton. And I think you're going to have other guys that's out um, like trying to get you because, again, we all race and we might hate each other. But just like me and Chadry, we hated each other. But now we respect each other. I always had respect for Chad. Always had respect for him. I hated his ad. I respected him. When you out there and you put your life on the line and all you guys like racing, that's why guys don't fight all the time in the pits because they do got respect for what the other guy can do. You can get beat all this time. But Chase does have respect for Jet Lawrence. And Jet does have respect for that, uh, Chase Sexton and everybody else. So when that's gone and you start muddling the line between that, somebody going to get knocked out. Somebody going to get knocked out. So, again, I think that was a message and the trickle effect that 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 gift out of the reasons I think that's what's going to end up happening. And so I know when Jet looks at it right now, you know, I don't think he regrets what he did because he was trying to do that. And at the end of the day, you live and you die with your decisions. Oh, he ain't going to die. But you live and go to sleep with your decisions. But it might be something that he looks at just as I looked at. I'm like, damn, man, I wonder what Chad would have took me out in Atlanta if I wouldn't have done what I did to him in 2002. Like at Unadilla. I wonder what he took me out. Well, it could be one of those situations. And especially when you don't mean any disrespect. Like, again, my situation was different. No, I was doing that for a reason. No, I intended to do it. I intended the way it came off. I intended that to happen. I don't think Jet was actually intending to, like, make it seem like he was disrespectful. Disrespectful. Because you ain't going to get up on the plate. Like, yeah, I let that dude win. I gave him a gift. Cool, cool. You can tell he's a kid. He's a kid. He really thought, like, Kenny would be stoked on that. He thought he'd be stoked. I don't think Kenny would like that. So this weekend, we're not only going to have Chase Sexton and Jet Lawrence going. I think we're going to have Chase Sexton and Jet Lawrence and the German Chocolate. And you're going to have some other guys that's going to choose sides. But that's that was that. And that was the round two. But from the rest of this stuff, we are on with that being said. We are here. And what we hear, just like Cole and his bad math. On 768,000 days when he's only like half the date. That's my Jet Lawrence math. I kind of messed it up. <laughs> when he was off on the math, his brother wasn't on the podium. He wasn't on the podium back in like 7, 9, 10. He getting fallen over. I haven't seen you fall over in a race since you fell over in a race. And I ain't never seen you fall over in a race since. Well, I saw you fall over the other day. But we're back. You didn't like that. And you saw Chase Sexton out there. He was ready to go to salon. He was ready to tip them things out. And you had to end that. And you knew coming into this thing, you're like, look, 
I know if I got any shot at winning this championship, because I'm Jet Lawrence, I just went undefeated last weekend, was a fluke. I don't care about no Supercross forks. Who cares? You knew you had to show off. You had to show off to do what? Hit it for a coat. Suntan. Next on fire. You was on fire. I knew who else was on fire. Ken Roxon was on fire. That chocolate was melting. And you saw Chase looking in that podium, that, that press conference. That dude was, you know dudes be mad when they be like, just sitting there staring at it. There ain't nothing on that table. There ain't nothing he looking at. He mad as hell. Like, he mad as hell. And I know he was mad after he found out all that. So he ain't worried about us. He, we ain't even say nothing. He worried about what's saying. Dude going to raise his hand in the press conference saying he going to win. Then he goes out and wins. And then he said, look, I don't even need this win. I'm going to gift it out. It's baby gifting. What the hell is this? A baby shower? It's a baby shower? I didn't know a baby shower was going on in Chicagoland. You know, we're giving out gifts. Dude, I should have showed up. He got me a basket or something. Need diapers. Kenny does need diapers. But, hey, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because he was going to finish where he was finished. So, Jet Lawrence, congratulations, kid. We needed you back. It was good to see you back. Damn, when's the last time you won? It was like forever. It was like, shoot, Iron Man. When was that? That was weeks ago. He ain't never won. That's how you look at it. So, look, I know we're going to have some racing this weekend, and thank you for that. I know you ain't mean no disrespectful, but it was disrespectful as hell. But that was it from round 30, and I loved it. I loved it. Woohoo! All right, people, you know what time it is. That was it, where you saw Hunter Lawrence and then Jet Lawrence, they be back where they are. You saw German Chocolate get him a win, and you saw, uh, who do you see? You saw Joe Shimoto, and you saw some other cat. And uh, we'll be right back. I think I need to get my calculator out, but we'll be back. Stews and stews. I almost left this bitch. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Your boy, JS7. Look, if you ain't got time to watch our whole video, which I don't know why you don't, make sure you go here and subscribe and check out our new channel where we're going to have some smaller clips, some clips that you haven't seen on our main show just for y'all. So make sure you subscribe, click, comment, do whatever you do. Watch our whole show, but come to this channel as well. Check out our stuff. See you there. They say an object in motion tends to stay in motion. We test that idea on a daily basis. Motion and experimentation. Motors and manpower. We continue to evolve and thrive. So whether you climb or cross over, find your own line or pin it wide open, as long as you're moving in a way that gives you what you need, we'll be here for you. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, Oakley, Stu, and Stu. Now, first, you know, Cole plays that music like, din, 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 din. I'm just thinking in my head, you know what we're going to do? We're going to always go with a Stu. What is a Stu? Somebody that does it better than everybody else. Like somebody that's just faster. Somebody takes a boring track and the track that everybody does the same lap times and just somehow goes faster. Two barrels in the middle of the field and somehow you end up just jumping something that's not there. It's a stew. Hunter Lawrence. You know what you stew. Why? Because you won. Yeah, I mean, you, you won a lot. I mean, shoot, you won a lot. I mean, uh, what, what, what is it? Why? Because you were jumping something different. There weren't no jumps there. It wasn't that. Like, was your style impeccable like Mike Jackson? Like, I eat your kids. 
Now, I mean, I don't know if you ate anybody's kids, but you did have a veggie mic. You did stay at a Holiday Inn last night or Hilton. Did stay at Hilton last night. I don't know. Why? Because you just won. Now, I know that didn't make no sense. And I said, why? Was it because you won? I'm like, no, but you just won. And the reason I say that is because, like, you stopped Hiroshima. Like, Joe, Joe was coming. He was about to blow up in this joint. He was about to come back at you. Joe was feeling it, flinging it, flunging it. Joe was rolling. He was able to get around danger. Boy, he slapped that baby on the way past him. And he was coming to you, but you ain't had none of that. And after last weekend, everybody's like, oh, man, he must be tired. He's struggling. He's struggling. He's like, nah, bro, I'm just, you know, I decided to take a week off. Take a week off. I ain't, I ain't like the way I wanted to have some new graphics. I wanted to see what the black number plate looked in the red. And you came back out and you didn't like the way it looked and you won. So you a stew. My, my next one. It's Jet Lawrence. Is it because you won? Well, I mean, you won like whenever last time you won. It was like a few weeks ago. Is that the reason you're stupid? Hell no, nah, it ain't no reason. The reason is because you, you gave a gift. Nah, I mean, I see baby showers all the time. I ain't know it was going to be one in Chicago, but hey, it was one in Chicago. I didn't get the memo. I mean, I got to check my mail. Mail was running late. I mean, mailman didn't show up the other day. So maybe you sent me an invitation. Then why, Jay? Why did he get his too? Because this dude can add going 60, 70 miles an hour, jumping all these jumps. He got Ken Roxon on and he got his calculator in his pocket. Now, look, I know he must have hit the wrong button and the numbers came out a little wrong. He'd be like, look, I didn't go to school to be an accountant, but the fact is that you can add while you're doing all that stuff is impressive to me. That's a stew. It's tremendous. I'm like, look, five out of four, five out of four, two plus two equals six. It just happens. And I'm sitting in the chair. I got it right. Well, well, I mean, you know what? It's not even your fault. It's not even your fault. I'll tell you in a minute why it's not your fault. But yet, Lawrence, because you can add at that high speed doing all these things, you're making them mistakes and you hopping over the stuff. And we saw German chocolate. He's running on it and you didn't fluster. You up there adding calculators. You about to do somebody's taxes. That's a stew to me. So Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, y'all both stew. Joe Shimoda, you was you were rolling, bro. You were rolling. You know, hey, Deegan, you were rolling. I thought you jumped this quad. I was, I was off, just like one point off, like Jet's math. But hey, it was still impressive. It's still impressive. You were real good. And the rest of y'all, Chase, you rolled all right. You were cool. You was just there doing what you're gonna do. You know, even shout out to Filthy Phil, man. He out there doing stuff. Out there, he's like he's king of the LCQ. Chiz, who? Shit, he ain't worried about Chiz. He's gonna get filthy. We got to get filthy in this. Bitch. I don't know. So all y'all guys, y'all stew. Now my next list, stew. Pissed off. Pissed off because you got a gift that you didn't ask for. Pissed off because Santa Claus is here and you're like, it's October. I'm waiting for it's Halloween. We didn't even get through Thanksgiving. What are you talking about? I don't want no gift. It's like me when Christmas. Like, ah, hey, it's a gift. Man, I don't want that gift because I paid for it. Hey, what kind of gift is that? You know, you're like, wait, I, you ain't got no job. So where you get this at? You just bought me a nice computer or the leather stuff. It just took money out of my pocket. I ain't like that shit. That's how it is. So, Stu, pissed off. Well, no. Well, you are pissed off. So we're going to go Stu, confused. It's going to be all that. So we can Stu, fuse, whatever. You know where I'm going, people? Ken Roxon. Ken Roxon. I dare you. I dare you. You know who I am? I'm Ken freaking Roxon. I chose to ride this motorcycle. I chose to have my bike that I have to kick. I just had another baby. Yeah. 
I don't really know what that has to do with anything. But yeah, still, you know, Hayden had a baby. You know, Jay was talking about his baby. It was like, it was pretty and it was ugly. And then it was like a smart baby. You know, my baby was cool. Like nobody talking about my baby, but you're going to buy me some diapers and talk about you're going to give a gift. And I don't even get paid for this. Like I didn't even make no points. Why'd you let me win? It didn't even matter. I was going to get second anyway. So it was a gift. It was a gift that you open up and it's just a card. Where's the damn money? That's what kind of gift it was. So you pissed off that not only did he give you a gift, it was an empty gift. And then he wasn't even trying to give me a gift. He like dropped it. It's like, you know, you go back and you go to flea market. Oh man, all these dish detergents and all these stuff. It just happened to fall off the truck. Ha <laughs> ha. That's what kind of gift it was. So Ken Roxon, I know you pissed off with that. And then Jet, you confused. You confused. You'd be like, look, dude, I mean, how many times y'all gonna change the damn point system up in this joint? Like, right? All my life, look, two, three, four, eight, six, seven, eight, like you get one point extra, what? Why win? Why win? I mean, it don't make no difference. And then you come here, they talking about just double the points. Well, if it's double the points, that means Ken should get more points and then, you know, things will happen. Then I'm like sitting here saying, yeah, yeah, dude, I like did this. I lose points. I lose position. I gain points. But then none of that, none of it's true. And then you're all sitting here talking about I'm trying to disrespect. I was trying to help the guy out. I saw you needed some diapers. I helped him. I started this baby shower and y'all pissed at me. I'm confused as hell because now it's, it's single last weekend. It's double this weekend. Now it's triple. What is it? Is it nine? Is it six? Is it double from six? What the hell is going on? And now all these people jumping on me like, oh, man, it's so dirty. It was so dirty. I'm Chad Lawrence, man. I'm, I don't even need to do none of this to win. Clearly, clearly, this is my field. This is my field. And now y'all this. I'm sitting out here giving turkeys and y'all up here pissed off because people are like, they got fooled. They were starving. There was some, some skinny people. I gave them a turkey. Now y'all pissed off because I gave them a turkey. What the hell is this? I don't know. I'm trying to do the right thing, but I did the wrong thing. So you confused and pissed off as hell because one, you can't add. And two, you just like, I don't know why these people because mad at me because I messed up. I was trying to give a gift. Forget it. I was snatched at. I almost said that's word, but that would be so stew. You ain't that. Well, you are that because I did give you a stew, but it's a stupendous job. Look, Cole, I'm starting to lose it. I'm starting to get very confused here because, again, I'm not racing. I'm not out there riding a motorcycle, but I'm trying to add it up, and I don't know what the add is. So I know Jet Lawrence won, but he didn't win. I know Ken Roxon won, but he didn't want to win. And I know Chase Sexton finished where he finished at, but he was going to finish there anyway. And so I don't know what the hell it is. I just know you're going to go in the last race. And winner take all, but even the guy that's in third, he can win, but he ain't going to, like, he needs some help. But then, like, yeah, right? I don't know. That's what this segment is. And that's what was round 30, where we saw the baby shower, where we saw Hunter Lawrence get back, and he had a boring ride. He just won. He was like, chill, man, I ain't trying to do that. Older brother, Jason, know better. And then you had the younger brother out there dominating, then decided, like, look, I'm going to let the German chocolate win. I'm going to give him a baby gift. I need these points. You know, I just know, lose position, gain points, and then I didn't gain no points. And it was just like, what the hell? Now everybody's mad at me because I'm giving out turkeys and I'm Santa Claus. What the hell? They were skinny. They needed to eat. So that's what it was. And that was from round 30 where we saw what we saw. We didn't realize we we're going to see a baby shower. But what we did see is Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence do their thing. And now we got a winner take all. Literally, winner take all. We got three in the 250, two in the 450. And no, I can't. Maybe, maybe it's something like that. It's triple points. I don't know, people. That was it. I can't add. So, Jet, I'm with you. You had me confused. I was like, oh, snap. Damn. Damn. Wait. Wait. Man, I'm out. See y'all this weekend, next weekend, whenever. Bye.